on NUFC Matters, joined by Steve Hasty, Mitch and Keith Patterson. You okay, lads? Yeah, fine. Well, yes. Good stuff. Two hours of the usual uh, a naked and uh, comedic show. Plenty to talk about. Plenty of different topics to talk about. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's start with that. Uh, let's start with pitch invasions. And I mean, we're all old enough to remember scenes like this, lads. Uh, on the final home game of a season at St James's Park back in the 80s. This became a norm for, for a short while. People running over the barriers, climbing over the barriers, invading the pitch, uh, swinging on the crossbar till it snapped. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not great scenes, um, you know, as, as, you know, as we all witnessed back in the day. And, and as we all know, um, pitch invasions led to, um, you know, eventual, you know, disasters within stadium surges, crowd surges. We saw Heysel, of course, where, you know, football fans lost their lives. And then we saw the Hillsborough disaster, um, you know, which, which wasn't uh, caused by supporters. Uh, as we all know now, it was caused by the inadequacies of those running football and the police who were in charge of the game. So what we've seen in recent months is a return to the bad old days. And let's start with Notts Forest. Um, you know, key game for them against Sheffield United in the, uh, in the playoff semis this week. Uh, we see a pitch invasion, uh, overzealous fans celebrating the fact that they're into the final. We then see or hear that Billy Sharp, a Sheffield United player and legend, has been knocked out by a supporter. The guy who's done that has subsequently been found, uh, tried and locked up for six months. Last night, we saw Everton secure their place in the Premier League uh, for another season. I guess much to the disappointment of quite a few of our supporters. And we see another pitch invasion. Uh, and this time we see Patrick Vieira, the Crystal Palace manager, um, handing out a little bit of uh, justice, I would have said, to a supporter who uh, was getting in his road as he was trying to get off the pitch. What happens with him, only the FA will know. But what I'm going to ask Keith really is, is is, is this kind of behaviour acceptable? Is it a return to the bad old days? Or is this just one of those new stories where, you know, things come along in, in twos and threes and then we'll see the back of it again? What, what's your thoughts on what you've seen this week? I think we've got to be careful that we don't come over like some grumpy old men because um, I was at Notts Forest game when we went on the pitch there um, back in the day, you know, in the in the cup run. And but the thing is, in, in in them days, I think there was less to report on some people who reported football violence as being like a cancer and being a very dangerous thing. I noticed this week they're trying to group it with the use of cocaine. They're trying to group it with cocaine. So when you look at these things, you've got to stop and say, well, you know, are people not getting carried away and, and, and 
but it's it, there's been a trend. It's sort of every game it's happening, and I'd be wrong or I'd be insincere if I didn't say that I am worried about the weekend because I can't imagine that, that a game where Burnley need to stay up. Personally, I don't think Burnley will get any out the game. I think Newcastle will win it. I think it'll be tight, but I think Newcastle edged. Um, I know people don't think Leeds are going to beat Brentford, but when it's your whole life to play for, anything can happen and they've got more reason to win. And I just envisage um, Leeds sneaking out and, 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 and Burnley going down. If you do, I mean, it's a tough part of the world. You know, the northwest Burnley is, is, is a tough place and um, there's going to be a lot of angry people in there. And I fear for the fans because you've been massively outnumbered. But I'm more fear for the players, you know, because they'll play right up to the whistle in a game like that. Um, if my my thoughts and dreams are it's going to be tight by an odd goal and then they're going to be waiting, waiting, waiting and then there's going to be anger and I think that's what I think that's what's happening I think a lot of these clubs are either coming on and getting carried away or they're coming on full of hell and I feel Burnley's could be more sour and more nasty natured if they go down I think anybody that goes down and gets relegated and gets beaten off a team that puts them down it's going to feel pretty bitter. And I, I go back to the days when, when Villa taunted us, you know, and put all them barriers, banners out, you know, and, and ridiculed us for going down under Shearer's reign. And, and that stuck because even now when you talk, you know, it's a team that Newcastle like to beat. But I just think myself, I think it's a, a regular doing. So you only need to look back at the Arsenal game, you know, last Tuesday night and see what it means to put 52,000 people in the stadium and respect that we don't go on the pitch. Because the pitch was there for the players, the owners, the coaches, and people leaving the club to be celebrated by the fans. And so the whole night was meticulously organised. And you just looked at your castle and think, by God, you got that right. And in all the times I've watched your castle over them years, I can't ever remember being happy. Yeah, you know, we didn't win anything on, on Tuesday night, but I just felt like a glowing happiness at not just staying up, but... but beating that record and then no one's ever done what they did and doing it against odds and they're doing it against you know beating teams in the big six but but I, I, when I when I flip that over I think God you know there's nobody more noisy than Newcastle fans and if we can be about ourselves big night like that well, we we all would love to go on the pitch but it was the wrong place there was Ben's on the pitch and by the same token um you know Ben's are small and precious and footballer could get an injury on one of these games and not play again it's, it's that bad. When somebody when somebody runs over and cowardly nuts you in the face, head you, and you require stitches, I mean, six months, I tell you what, I hide the key away. And I hope, I hope when he gets in jail, I hope some Sheffield United fans are in there in the same cell because it, 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 it was the biggest act that cowardice I've ever seen. He didn't even let the lad know he was coming. Bash, bash it. I mean, you could, you could go and, you, you, your grandma could come back and nut you and it would hurt. And for that lad to do with the size, he was bigger than Billy Sharp. And to do with that, I'd like Billy Sharp to meet him for, you know, afterwards for, in the toilet somewhere and see how big he was then. But you just look at it and you just think, you know, it's getting to the stage where someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get badly hurt. And I, I've got an awful feeling that, that Newcastle turned Burnley over and it could be there. It could, you know, there could be, there could be hell on down there. Burnley's a very, very, it's a very, very, fun strong ground out, out all the ground used to go to it's, it's one of them where everybody's behind the team and it, it's a tough area and and I just think myself 
I think it's a trend that's building up. I think it could be squashed. I don't think we want to go back to fences again. But I do have my doubts and I'm, I'm worried for Newcastle Burn. Yeah, that's uh, what somebody asked earlier on. Are we worried about the players? Um, you know, are we concerned for the, the safety of the team on Sunday, Steve? I mean, it's, it's you know it's something we shouldn't really have to be concerned about, but it's an emotional game. It's an emotional sport. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is a concern, I think, you know, for anybody going to a football game if fans are just going to be allowed to run onto the pitch. Two things there, Steve, to think about. Very important things. One, as you mentioned, the safety of the players. Um. And two, the reaction of Newcastle fans if something happened to a Newcastle player. Imagine that. Imagine where we'd be then. Imagine if there was a, an invasion of, of euphoric um, Burnley fans because they'd won. And there's a small altercation like there was with Vieira on the pitch involving a Newcastle player. Imagine the reaction that there would be from Newcastle fans because they would be straight in to defend that player. Now... I'm not, I'm not saying that's going to happen, not by a long stretch. But what I'm trying to get at is the very fact that the responsibility for the safety of those players rests solely with the home club. They pay for the student. That's their responsibility. They pay for the policing. Actually, they don't pay for the policing because they don't put police in the stadiums. They rely on a load of students from a local university or a technical college or something like that. And they're paying them a minimum wage, if not less. And some some security agencies picking the bones of them and taking all the money it's in, in providing them with absolutely no training and providing them with nothing to defend themselves and, and get them around a pitch where they're wearing great big heavy coats and they're, and they're standing there with their arms outstretched and people will run past them. Because let's face it, you saw that the police in, in Everton, let's take the Everton one as an example, the police at Everton knew what was going to happen because it's happened already. We already saw a pitch invasion. We saw somebody tie themselves to a post, for God's sake. We then saw somebody come out the crowd, as has been mentioned in the in the chat there, with a knife and offered it to the steward to cut the, th to cut the thread from around the bloke's neck who had tied himself to the post. He was then given it back, if we remember. So that's the sort of people that you've got in, in Goodison Park at a game. You've got people carrying knives. There was a pitch invasion when they scored. There was a pitch invasion when they scored again. There was a pitch invasion at the third time they scored. So the, the club and the security at the club knew exactly what was going to happen in those last five minutes where people were congregating. And I saw them and everybody else saw them. You saw the stewards line up and there was one or two of them were already on the pitch before the whistle went in that bottom corner. If you look at it again and you see the incident, you see the ball come across and in the, bottom, in the top corner of your screen, you see somebody already on the pitch. Everton need to be hauled over the coals. They need to be absolutely hammered. I've got some friends for Everton fans, and I think they're great people. Absolutely. I'm talking about the football club and then the, the conduct of the people inside that ground at that particular day. You can have every excuse in the book that it was euphoria. It was because they'd managed to survive. And perhaps that's something to do with the pressure that the, that, that the whole system has brought at Everton over the last six or eight weeks. Maybe the manager has to take a responsibility for the siege mentality that he's, that he's tried to create and, this, and what the scenes that we've seen outside the ground when, when, the, when the team have been turned up, the coaches. Maybe Merseyside police need to have something to answer for with the flares that are being fired off. How many flares were in the ground? How do you get a flare in the ground? 
you, you'd struggle to get one or two flares into St. James's Park, and yet you can manage to get what two, three, four dozen flares into Goodison Park. You can get knives into Goodison Park. You can stand outside and fire fireworks at, at uh, hotel walls and windows at three o'clock in the morning. And again, Merseyside police do absolutely naff all. The FA don't get involved. The Premier League don't get involved. The club doesn't get involved. In fact, they condone it rather than condemn it. And then right at the end, after a manager, and remember also because of the state of their ground, they have they now have the away club on the other side using temporary training, uh, temporary changing rooms. So they knew that Patrick Vieira and the rest of his coaching squad and all the people in the dugout and all the substitutes and all the players had to walk in the opposite direction to the tunnel. If Vieira could have just turned around and gone straight down the tunnel, none of this would have been an issue. We could have just talked about the very fact that it was a pitch invasion and the players got off the pitch. But no, no, we've now got a situation that Everton Football Club have created. And their security obviously did absolutely nothing to escort Patrick Vieira across the pitch or any of his coaching team. They did absolutely nothing to do there. So they are the ones responsible. Patrick Vieira is responsible not for nothing other than defending himself. And this will carry on. And eventually someone will get hurt. We'll keep absolutely spot on talking about Billy Shop and what happened there. An absolutely cowardly act. I was talking to someone who was an ex-policeman yesterday who was absolutely disgusted to hear that he only got 24 weeks in prison. Mm. And he, he couldn't understand why he, didn't get, why he didn't get five years and having an example made of him. But because that decision was made then, then you get a situation where Everton fans think it's all right to invade the pitch and, and do exactly the same sort of thing or something very similar or possibly engage in something very similar. Because the courts give him a 24-week sentence, and if you add it together, you'll find that that bloke will be out of jail before the next season starts. That's how ridiculous it is. Absolutely crazy. I'm furious about it. I'm furious about the very fact that the football authorities have, again, and, and I'll come back, and something I was going to mention before and went right out of my mind, um, Frank Lampard, he actually, in his press conference, laughing. thought there was nothing wrong. Oh, well, a little bit euphoria pitch. It's actually illegal, Frank. Get that into your head first, mate. It's illegal to step on that football pitch unless you're allocated and allowed to by the authorities, i.e. you're a steward, policeman, or you're a member of of one of those two football clubs. Nobody else is allowed. You encroach on the pitch, you, you lose your season ticket, and you get arrested. But no, no, Frank thinks it's good because at the end of the day, it got them what they wanted. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, uh, Mitch, we're getting quite a few people texting about the uh, the news that's broken uh, tonight. John, uh, just as Alan's uh, the first one in with it, just about the uh, the fact that there's been a, a complaint, um, or there's going to be a complaint levelled by uh, Burnley uh, and by Leeds uh, with regards yeah. to Everton over the breaking of the financial uh, fair play rules. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to go away, Mitch. Uh, but yeah, this well, pitch invasion should be added to the the charge. I would have said. Yes, he here's another another week where we can sit here and say we told you so. <laughs> uh, if you go back to a show about four or five weeks ago, when the the FFP looked like a fudge, it smelled like a fudge, and it looked like the Premier League just didn't want to deal with it, so they've just managed to give me away to make it disappear. It, there was always going to be a legal challenge against it because it doesn't seem right. 
and it just it, it just doesn't sit well. You know, Steve and Keith have, have eloquently covered most of the problem, but I think here's another thing that we're, we're forgetting is um, in the bad old days, as they'd have you believe, it was a working man's game, it was a working man's problem, it was a problem, and cocaine was involved in that. Now, now it's a middle-class problem and cocaine's involved in that. They're looking for another scapegoat to, to turn against while the government are struggling to make any kind of headway with anything, then football fans are such an easy target. You know, the same cocaine's involved in football violence. It's like telling us what religion the Pope is or what it pays shit. Of course it is, and it always has been, and it always will be. And it's always going to be a problem. And so why aren't you doing something about it with your drugs, sauce and things like that? Because you can't, and you're not, and you're incapable. But it's football's problem. These pitch invasions, um, it needs to be, needs to, people need to be reminded by old fogies like us about when we've been to games where people were on the pitch and what happened and what ultimately happened after that. And it's always us that they turn to when they need help and it's always us to turn on when they need, need somebody to take a kick. And so we have got to be smarter and cleverer and bigger as a, as a collective football family, really, to recognise that going on the pitch in such fashion is out of order. As far as Everton's concerned, it, it is, I know it sounds like let's bash Everton moment, but there's so many wrongs here. There's so many wrongs here. And and I defy anybody who's having a go at Patrick Vieira, Vieira, if somebody come up to me and did that in my face, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry we would be wearing his nose as a face mask because you... you, you it, it, it's difficult to excuse it because two wrongs don't make a right. But how far do people have to put up with stuff? And as Steve rightly says, they were offered no protection at all by the home team. None whatsoever. What goes on going into Goodison Park that you can get knives, that you can get multiple flares in? What's going on there? Is it, is it, well, what happened in our game there was a disgrace. And... and to, to laugh it off in a press conference, the manager needs taking the task. If that's not an, a, an area that should be being used for bringing the game into disrepute, I don't know what is. I really don't know what is. Where do we go with that from there? Are we just going to allow him, because he's Frank Lampard, to get away with laughing it, laughing it off? You can't. And you're right, there's, there's concern. I've got enough concern because I'm going to be really good fellas watching our game where the Leeds lads have got their game on down the, down the other end of the bar. I'm worried enough about what's going to happen in there and Sunday without worrying about our players on the bloody pitch. Yeah. You know. I tell you what, guys, though, it, it, if I was a real conspiracy theorist, bearing in mind that there's been a lot of conversations recently about safe standing. There's been a lot of conversations about around alcohol back on the terraces again. You know, there's been a, a, a sort of little campaign being running, all of that type of thing. And the the, the authorities seem to be wavering a little or they're, they're putting out the signals that they're wavering on those type of situations, safe standing. And, and, you know, why should football fans not be allowed to drink alcohol while sitting or standing watching the game? If you can do it at rugby, you can do it at cricket, etc. And now all of a sudden there's pitch invasions, there's Poor student by clubs. There's all of those type of things happening. And if I, as I say, if I was a conspiracy theorist, I begin to think, is this the establishment banding around together to turn around and go, you know what, football fans, you don't deserve that. You do, you're not responsible enough. We can't allow you to do that. 
no, no, we can't have safe standing because you'll that that'll make it easier for you running the pitch. We can't have you drinking alcohol because you're all mental anyway, and you're all on drugs and you're all drunk anyway. So what it would make it even worse. That's the sort of thing that I know it sounds stupid, but it's the sort of thing that happens in politics. That's the sort of little things that certain people allow to go, what the establishment allows to happen in a way of just stopping something without them being the villain, without them being the ones who go, no, no alcohol on the terraces, no, no safe standing, we're not having it. What they do is they allow they allow you so much leeway for people to make a fool of it, and then they go, oh, can't trust you with it. They can't trust mm. any of us now with it. None of us can be allowed, can be trusted to drink on the terraces. None of us allowed, can be trusted to stand anymore. That's what will come from all of this. And that's the sort of thing that happens. And the clubs themselves, and I didn't mention it earlier, I, I covered it slightly, but now the clubs, they ref, the, some of them refuse to have policemen in the ground, refuse to allow the, the police into the ground because it costs them a fortune. And it's it far better to pay for students to stand there or all these pensioners to stand there and spread the game. That's what that's about. But then the police will turn around and go, because the police don't want to be, and you see very few of them around St. James's Park on a match day. And when you do see them, they're totally inadequate anyway, as we witnessed on Strawberry Place before the Wolves game, um, you know, where there was gangs running around, cars being smashed up in the, in the car park. And it was five minutes later when you see Her Majesty's establishment walking past. In the old days, they would have been wading in with buttons. Now they walk along and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, what's happened? The country's gone to a pot, man. <laughs> you know, you just said there about, about um, Burnley and Leeds are going to take action against the APL for financial fair play. Good luck. Seriously? Do you really believe that, you know, after the experience I had of trying to get answers out of them or to quicken them up, I tell you what, the, the experts had absolutely fobbing stuff off. And I feel for Leeds and Burnley. I'm just delighted. Newcastle won't be involved in any court cases to do with that. But it's good that other clubs have set the precedence. But Frank Lampard, I, I heard on Talksport this week, thought about getting a statue for him. Said, and I know it was too much cheap, but his paper said, and I just said, I, said I, I just stood there and thought, I look this bloke, I can't use the words I use because I swore, but I said, what are they going to print on the bottom of it like? Well done, Frank. Or, or, or Frank lies here. Took us from 16th to 17th and kept us up. <laughs> it was 16 the table when he joined. And he's going to leave him 17. They're going to put a statue up. But you know Rubbish. what it is? Mitch has sat there. Mitch has sat there in a green and white top tonight. And I'm just so pleased you put on there because it's a, it's, a, it's a quality statement for how we feel. And I'll tell you what, there'll be more shit flying around about our third strip than what will be about Frank Lampard encouraging. But already has been. Like that. The, the, the already awesome. has been. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I just say, just keep going, Newcastle, because I tell you what, we're going to get the last laugh on all these left. We really are. No, definitely agree uh, about that. Plenty of topics, as I say, uh, for conversation tonight. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll go to one which I've uh, picked out, and that is about uh, Newcastle United's player of the season. And um, I think if we'd been uh, sitting here 12 months ago and one of us had piped up and said that Newcastle United's player of the season was going to be Joel Linton in 12 months' time. would have all been laughing. But uh, great to see this announced, Keith. Uh, 2021-22, player of the season, Joel Linton. Um, what a turnaround that's been. And credit to him, Keith, but credit to Eddie Howe as well for getting the best out of the lad. It, 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 I, I don't... 
when you're having a, a good moment like this, I don't want to put a negative, but what was Steve Brooks doing with a lot of them players? And 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 before we go on to Joe Linton, long stuff against uh, Arsenal, he had a great game. The ball he put through for Wilson that caused that last goal for Bruno. Was been anybody else in the bit talk about being world class? That lad used to go to train and get ignored, him and his brother, by Steve Brooks, and that's from the family. But Joe Linton, I'm just delighted. I'm delighted that his balls are massive and that he can take all the shit he took because, in fairness to him and the Newcastle fans, there was nothing that Steve Brooks did with them that could show us that there was a player there. You know, there were so many things. I mean, I sit next to his dad at the game. His father sits next to me and um, and, and Johnny Justice Allen. He's the double. And 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 he, he told us that he was going to be a good player. But the other player bloke who said he was going to come but was Steve Hasty. Is that right, Steve? Did you not say Joe Linton was going to be good? Mitch did. Mitch oh, Mitch. Did. It was Mitch. Mitch. I, I, knew one, I knew one of you. Yeah. Mitch said. Like, when, when, when it was all coming on. They were all saying that he was going to be a good player. But he's, he, he, must, he must have gone home from training and he must have gone home from matches and just been absolute. The day that he, was, he was in the way game when they started singing that song about him. And you just, you just look like a kid at Christmas. He just looked so happy to be accepted. And when he was in the ground on Tuesday night, his face just said everything. You know, he's, he's just lapping it up. Uh, but I, I, th- I think it's surprising that he's become player of the year after the start he got off to after he was bruised for so long. But um, I hope they keep on developing. You know, I hope Eddie Howe keeps on developing because when you've got that athleticism in you, and you've got that height and strength and that commitment, and you've got that heart, which he showed. It, it then goes to can you take the next level? Because you look at some of these players that's played at Man City and things. He could he could be a strong, strong player for us for years to come. He could be a, a cracker. And I've heard people say lately, oh, he's not doing now for four or five games. It's like seriously, he gets through some work. And for me, for me, you know, I'd hate to think I picked the paper tomorrow and said Joe Linton's been sold. So that's the difference turned around in us. Yeah, Steve, it's uh, great to see him, you know, getting the plaudits and uh, rightly so this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure Mitch will comment on that later. Um, very, very popular in the dressing room as well. The big congratulations, yeah. of course, has to go to the lyricist who managed to uh, to switch he's not worth 40 million to only cost 40 million. Yeah. <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah, Mitch, great to see him. He's, you know, he deserved the award for Joe Linton. And um, yeah, you, 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 he's the kind of player now we build the team around. Well, and so popular in the dressing room, I gather a celebration was held at the training ground with all the players present to congratulate him for picking up the award. Um, and that says a lot about what's going on behind the scenes under how we yeah. the togetherness and the, the team spirit. Um and I gather there was some very, very kind and heartfelt words spoken to by these, these fellow professionals. And that that takes a lot. That mm. takes a lot. That doesn't happen very often in dressing rooms. Um, and that's the kind of level of, of improvement and determination. They've seen what he's been through. They've seen him transition, you know, from the, the ever-ready octagon in a world of square pegs and round holes and the, something totally different and using the, the obvious athleticism. I think that's, that's the thing that's always got me. It's somebody his build and his athleticism mm. and he has got an ability. He has got a first touch. Yeah. And, and he's, he's added other things to his game though. 
in this this new midfield road that he's, he's sort of carved out for himself. Yeah. And so it's really nice to see. I mean, if, if, if I, I believe I saw some stats comparing him to Declan Rice, who everybody in the Southern Press see the, the sun shines out of his arse, and he's better than Declan Rice in every single metric. Every single metric. And that's yeah. a player that they're talking about worth $100 million at the moment. That's you right. know, and... and it <clears throat> quite right to change the lyrics to one cost forty million. It starts to look like a bloody bargain if you look at those those metrics, you know, and and, and so he deserves every ounce of praise he gets for having the mental toughness as well. Yeah. For, for There's a, change, a lot of players would have just crumbled. Yeah, for a change from a Bambi on ice to a raging bull is is just unbelievable because that's where he, that's how he plays now. He he is absolutely the powerhouse. You know the strength, the upper body strength that he's now using that he probably didn't even know he had, and that the the ability to to be able to just kill, win a tackle or keep the momentum. And now we're also getting them turning, we're getting them moving the ball quicker. Um, at times when he was under Bruce, he couldn't get the ball from under his feet, and and the transition yeah. is absolutely remarkable. And perhaps that's also something to do with the the, the whole team spirit, as you say, Mitch. Maybe it's got something to do with the fact that um, the team is, is now has a little bit of a planning about them in terms of the formation. Maybe it's those, maybe it's the the the, the 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 friendship and warmth that they now seems to exude throughout the squad just wasn't there because everybody felt exactly the same. Everyone felt like Joe Linton, and maybe it's the way that Joe Linton was playing was bringing everybody else down as well because mm. they, you know, they, there's a there's a lot of a lot of factors. But at the end of the day, the two people that deserve well, three people probably. Jason Tindall and, and Steve Howe and and how Eddie Howe and um and Joe Linton himself. You know, they're they're the three people who have managed to 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 really transition this footballer into something very, very special that we mm. have at the moment. And uh, I'm just so pleased for him. And you're absolutely right in terms of, of you know what we've what we've heard this week from uh, from within the within some of our contacts within the club. Uh, about how he's uh, how he's been sort of received and and how everybody's absolutely delighted for him. I think it's I think the moment shouldn't pass without saying and there well done, Mister Jordy uh, Dentist, because you were the bloke who stuck your neck out and said there's a player in there he's going to make a player, and everyone thought Mitch had been on the stronger sauce. I thought he'd been he thought he'd been making his, his own stuff, but for, you, you did you stuck your head out. You, and it's it's so much easier to knock somebody. And what is to see good in someone? You said to me, "There's a player in there, and it will come good." And you, you know, you know, them moments pass, and people go and pick it up. I mean, all the people who watch the show, they should know that Mitch called that. He called that. He said, "There's a player in there." Well done, well done to you yeah. for spotting. Because I tell you what, Steve, Steve Bruce didn't spot it. No, no, no a lot <laughs> no, of people. That's no, true. <laughs> yeah, Nicholas. Yeah, look, young Adam is getting a bit of grief again. I've, I've seen that. And unfortunately, that's just the way of the world, mate. You put your head above the parapet. As I've said many times, it's there to be shot at. And he's uh, he copes with it well. I do see him quite often. And, uh, you know, I've given him some advice over the years and uh, over the last couple of years. And he's taken it. So good on him. He'll just crack on and uh, see what uh, see what uh, the next week brings. But he doesn't get too down, which, uh, which has to be uh, good. OK, uh, quite a few things coming in. And, um, yeah, interesting. We've got an Everton fan in the chat. Uh, Rich says, uh, 
High emotions at full have been behind 2-0. Half-time thinking, no comeback. But when the third goal goes in, it's electric. You can't blame them for going on the pitch, says Richie. wasn't there. He's on the waiting list for a season ticket. Vince's retort that that was, though, Rich, we survived. We had massive celebrations at the end of the season and we never went on the pitch. Just look at what happened when the lad cable tied himself to the post. How that happened. Stewards at the ground are a joke. Uh, £500 million on players is a joke as well. So Vince having his... Uh, <laughs> Vince having his say towards the other competitions. He is right. And fair enough, Rich. I, I can see I can see both sides of the story, mate, but it, it's not it's not good, really. You shouldn't really be on, on the pitch. Spenny Mag is with us tonight. Uh, we'll take his question. He says, uh, question for the panel. Would any of you run around with the flag in the stadium? I think it's brilliant the guy's doing it. Um, in the, uh, Milburn hasn't done it yet, though, lads. Now, to be honest, there was a guy in the Milburn stand, uh, didn't run the full length of the pitch, Benny, uh, uh, on Monday night, but he did He did run uh, halfway across. Uh, he was on the bottom row. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it's not for me. I've got to be perfectly honest, uh, running around with a flag. Um, Keith, is that something you fancy doing on the match day? I, I do if something, if, 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 you know, if, if nobody else would do it and, and said, oh, I'd do it. I'd stick it in my backside the one stands, mate. I'd be like, I'm just oh. that happy. I'm just that happy that, 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 that you know, there's not, there's not much I wouldn't do, to be fair. I can, where, I can, where, just, where... I can just see you pushing JJ around that pitch with that flag <laughs> and then blowing oh, him yeah. what you would do. <laughs> I mean, at the minute, at the minute I've had, like, 12 games of jumping on Johnny Justice's head all the time. So at the minute, he's genuinely locked up with his got a crick neck. And apparently I've had the blame for that because I jump around too much. But he did say he likes to jump around when we score. So you know we've learned what it's like to score. So we've, we've just had some brilliant days. But I love that. I mean, I remember Mad Mick, Mad Mick Edmondson, when he, he came out of the, the end one day in a black and white sand outfit. He was the black and white sand and Mick Edmondson. And you know, and he, like nobody knew for, for, for quite a... I think it could be yeah, who it was. Yeah. And every time Christmas he turned up with a black white sat there and ran round and it went down the storm. So I'm into all that. And, and and the thing you see, this is just it. Our fans get battered off everybody. And we're talking about running around the flag inside the stadium. And there's people going on nutting a nutting a, a player on the side of the pitch. And you know, like like and, we, and they're still going about the third top, which unfortunately I'm gonna order about 30 of them tops because I've got loads of people on the centre. And then white and grey tops come out. I want to buy about 30. That's going, to, that's going to be the biggest selling shirt Newcastle's ever made. Yeah, no, I agree. Great market. Great market. Oh, Talking about so. shirts, uh, the T-shirt, the latest uh, T-shirt that we've got up for charity <laughs> uh, is, is now up on my Twitter account. Uh, we didn't have one last week because we uh, were asking you to donate to a few things last week. Yeah. So gave, gave you a bit of a break. But this one is going to be signed by Anton Deck. Right. Um, and this one is going uh, for Susan Gibson's charity. Um, you might remember we were supporting the charity day that she did a few uh, few weeks ago. She went up to the club. She met me, her dad and Amanda and uh, went to the game. She went down live to the Anton Deck show. Uh, so this T-shirt is just our little contribution. It's going to be signed by Anton Deck, uh, and we will announce the winner on that next week. So get uh, get on my Twitter at Steve Wraith, bid below, and the highest bid uh, will win that T-shirt. So uh, I'll kick that, I'll kick that off for fifty pound. There we go, fifty pound bid already. You'll have to put it underneath the tweet though, uh, Keith. So if I you will. stick that on at some point, that yeah. will be good for me. Okay. Uh, Steve Mowat asks a question and um, Mitch I'll come to you first on this one without any director being involved with Saudi Gulf 
would this go against the Premier League rules with potential sponsorship of the club? Good question. And I don't think they would have appointed them if they hadn't had an answer to that. Um, the, the whole concept of associated and connected sponsorships for me was blown out water with Man City and Mazda. Their chairman is the chairman of Mazda here in the UAE. And I'm sorry that, that if that's not associated, then I don't know what is. Um, so I think that the rules are not necessarily as tough as people think. Um, obviously, the drawbridge has been pulled up just in time to stifle us, of course. Uh, and that, uh, there's no coincidence of the timing in that for me. Um, as I've said all along, they're very clever business people. And they'll do things through the front door with their head held high. It won't be sneaky and backdoor stuff. It will all be right up front. Um, so I would rule nothing out. And I get the distinct impression some of those sponsorships may start tongues wagging and get people jumping. Um, and I say to the club, damn the torpedoes, do what the damn hell you like because you're going to get criticised for whatever you do anyway. So just do it. Yeah. And, he doesn't, and... doesn't own Saudi Golf. He's just no. the CEO of Saudi Golf. You know, That's right. just, in, just in the same way as the, as the brother of Manchester City's owner doesn't own Etihad Airways. He just runs it on behalf of another side of the family. So let's not get too hung up on names and roles and responsibilities. Names and roles just don't matter. It's, no. it's, and that's how I think there's going to be certain degrees of separation with some of the sponsorships that are going to come. And people are going to whinge about it. But at the end of the day, tough. If it yes. ticks the boxes and everybody's happy, tough. Yeah, and let's roll back Everton in if we want to. And let's talk about Everton's mm. chairman. And let's talk about his role in the company that was part of uh, Usmanov. And his yeah. company, before Usmanov suddenly was sanctioned. Let's talk about that if you want to talk about links and non-links, et cetera, et cetera. And how you can just turn around and go, oh, I'm not part of that anymore. Oh, I'm not part of that, oh, no, I'm not part of that anymore. So, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just change the, change the name of the sponsorship on that type of thing. The Premier League has got themselves into a right thing with this. And any, anyone who knows about it will know that any good lawyer keeps the man on it because any good lawyer will drive a coach and horses through anything that the Premier League tries to throw at us now. And, yeah. and it's not going to be just us because it's going to be all the other clubs. So the Premier League board might think that they're going to be the, they're going to be the, the arbiters of this and they're going to be the ones who can shut doors. But you know what? There's 20 doors that they're going to have to be closing. Good luck to them. Yeah, OK. Uh, plenty of uh, questions coming in tonight. Busy chat as well. Nearly 500 watching live. So uh, great to have you all here. Thanks to the mods as well for doing their job. As always, we have uh, plenty to get through. Here's the day I met. The day I met where I asked you to send photographs in of you meeting players, uh, managers or former players, former managers, and uh, quite a few to get through tonight. Ian Windsor had sent us a couple in the past. He's got one there with Ryan Taylor, one with John Beresford and Gaza, 
and not the greatest uh, uh, bit of editing by me there, but it is Gaza below. You can see the rest of her, uh, the rest are pretty good anyway. This one uh, from Chris Hogg. He says, with this handsome sod, Team Ginola, after the Monaco away leg, he flew back on the same plane. Thanks for that, Chris. Uh, good, uh, good memories and uh, great photo as well. Uh, Kev sent us this one. Uh, Chris, that's going back uh, a little bit. This is uh, back in the, the days of the Wonga shirt there. Um, yep. But uh, thanks for sending that in, Kev, as well. This one from Chris Hogg as well with David McCreary. One mm -hmm. from back in the day, he says, after a summer holiday training camp in Morpeth. Great shot, that. Uh, black and white as well. Uh, thanks for that. Rafa Benitez is on Stuart Roxburgh's uh, first submission. Brilliant. Uh, just down at the uh, the players' entrance as well. This one with Ayose Perez. Thank you for that. And then uh, Lee Boys uh, sent a selection. My son with Timmy and me with Pods and Junjo. So there's uh, Tim Crow. Junjo. Junjo. And Podju. Hey, very good. Great stuff. Thank you for those photos. Keep them coming in. Send them to me on Twitter and we'll feature you on the DMS. talking point for tonight is this one lads Neil Skinner said come on I know fans are happy and excited but no more snooping in back gardens please they've been amazing the players they're winding into their family holidays now so let's give them some privacy worth a shout out on the podcast says Neil Skinner Keith we've seen a few photographs this week of uh, someone who clearly must have been precariously perched on someone's roof uh, with a Polaroid camera I think mm -hmm. uh, getting this photograph of what looked like Paqueta, I presume it was, yeah. in a Newcastle yeah. top, in the back garden with Bruno and their respective partners. Um, you know, you've got to draw the line somewhere, haven't you? I mean, these guys are on social media. They're letting us know what they want. But it was a bit out of order, that. But, you know, snooping, are we going too far? Fans turning up at Joe Linton's house? Or is it is it just a sign of the, the times? Because now with the corners turned, you know, we're, we're being a bit more successful. I think, I think... You know, they went on the quayside. Both the couples went on the quayside. They did a selfie and, and posted straight away. And I think that's for us. I think they send it and say, look, are we in Newcastle? They're not hiding the fact. They're doing the pictures. But where do you have privacy? So are you allowed to have privacy in your toilet when you're doing a dump? Or do you have to check if you save as a camera? Or when you go in your back garden, is that something? You know, like, there's got to be a line. You've got to draw a line somewhere. But the other thing you've got to think of is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I think everybody saw that and thought, oh, brilliant, he signed it, it's done deal. But, you know, there's nobody would like Paquetta more than me. But I honestly think if it's going to be that much goldfish ball, you might think, hmm, that. But the big thing is, he would be, you know, if Leon, if Newcastle went captain under Leon tomorrow, it wouldn't be 58 million, would you? It would be 75, it would be 80 million. It'll be crazy money. And, and what I hear is the salaries that, that he would demand would be crazy salaries. Possibly could rent the dressing room. So I think what you've got to do is just calm down and just say, if players like that are available, um, how will make it known that the, the club will try and buy them? But 
it's a huge long shot to get a player this ilk at the minute with no Champions League and on the money, the wages, the, the signings. And and I think that's the problem. I think I think you have been taught a few today to where I just felt there's always round circles and people are, people are talking about, well, all we need is Nunes, Paquette, uh, this one. And, and the, 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 when I look at the deals, they like, they'll, they'll dance through 200 million. You know what I mean? For starters, for four players. And we, we're trying to build a squad up. Someone just asked us there, where do they think we'll finish next year? I think sixth, but I think we'd have to do really well to get sixth. I think realistically, we're seventh or eighth or ninth. You know, that's that's realistically. And our squads, I honestly think our squad, man, is, is weaker than Brighton's. I think it's weaker than than uh, Villa's. You know, if you look at all the players Villa have on their squad, they've got loads more reserve than we have. And, and I just think that until these players land, I, I get the, I mean, I'm as bad as anybody, I get excited. But we've got to give them that little bit of our lads, you know what I mean? And if you are going to climb on a roof and 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 do it, I don't know. Sure, you made it, but if you bang it on social media, they're, they're going to say that. And then are they going to sit in the garden and have a cup of coffee? Are they going to sit and have a glass of wine? Now, at what stage? Like, Steve, you know, I bet your house have dropped you off and you've got a garden. Would you like it if they were sitting photographing you and your kids and... There's got to be a cut-off. There's got to be something where you say, how are lads, you know, like, where, where's, the, where's their space, is, is my question. You know what I mean? And uh, so so I understand why people do it. Um, I giggled it when I saw it. You know, I, I want to believe that that's Paquette to say, oh, I'm, I'm signing. But but I don't think the club are close to signing them. I think the club are, are, are a good way off for that. I, I think if the club showed a big interest in signing them, I think I honestly think that Leon will rip us to bits. So, so I, I just don't want everyone to get hearts. You know, I posted something today where Nunes is turned down Man United with no Champions League and probably will turn down for the same reason because I think everyone thinks Nunes and Paquette is in the bag. And it, it, you know, they, 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 them two players will cost you hundred fifty million. So yeah, that, and, and that's. And, and I, I genuinely can't see that happening. This, no, I, can't, this summer. I think it'll be a more reserved transfer yeah. window than a lot of people think. Same here. So, yeah, so all, all eyes are going to be on Newcastle, Keith. Yeah, and and all eyes on Newcastle because they think we're a bunch of soft shades and we've got too much money. And and you know they just think that, that, that the, the, the the problem is the 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 stereotypical message proud by pundits is that we demand that we're going to finish in the top three this year. That's that's the stupidity of the pundits. You know, when I fought a case in 14 months, I had to put copy to, to barristers and say what I, what I was about and why I was objective to what the Premier League would do at Newcastle. And in it, I put, all we want to do is compete. And that's what I want to do. And and I don't think that if we played Arsenal, six times out of six, we'd win like we did the other week. And just the circumstances, the atmosphere, our players, the time and everything come our way. And we, we didn't beat them, we battered them. But I don't, I, you know, I, I honestly think we do well to do that two times out of six. Arsenal's got a massive squad. You know, the, these teams we're trying to beat, the Arsenal's, the Spurs, the Man City's, the Liverpool's, Christ, you know, their reserve sides are top, top sides. And so we, we need to be patient, we need to be calm, and above all else, we've got to let the people who would lose the jobs if they got it wrong, like Eddie Howe, Taylor and, and the others, and we've got to let the, the owners... Get settled in, you know. This 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 happened so sudden 
They literally didn't know what was happening as quick as it did happen, and all of a sudden it did happen, and they haven't had a chance to bloody to, to pause and have a cup of coffee. We just need to slow down and say, by God, what a great year you've given us. And you've given us players that people said were rubbish, but we, we you underestimated Eddie Howe's ability to build a dressing room and to build people, like build a feel-good factor, and people that had your back. I mean, it's like this show. You know, people say, why did you go on there? Well, because I just know that you just don't have an agenda behind me back. You're not going to, you're not going to stick us up. You weren't going to, the things I shared with you during the takeover, you were going to put it out there for a bit of quick publicity. You, you kept a lot of yourselves all the way through, as I did back, back to you. Eddie Howe's done the same. And, and that's why I think yeah. some of the players, some of the players that we sniffing around, I think some of these people, you know, they turn around and say, oh, I'll put Gareth Bale in, put Ronaldo in, and then, you know, Lingard wants 150,000 a week. Like, I would like us to get Lingard. I think we've got a good chance of getting Lingard. But if players come in that dressing room on 150 and £200,000 a week, I'll guarantee you there'll be five or six players going in the next year saying, well, I want more money. And there's people that have deals. And, 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 and so what you've got to do is, somebody said to the day, hey, this this uh, this paquette is not on big money, you know, he's only on 40 grand a week or something. Ah, he is. But the next people that sign me won't be on that. He'll be on over 100 next time he gets signed. And so you've got to... Put it all together and you've got to think of what's our maximum wage and what can we genuinely afford under financial fair play. And you've just got to give these people time. It's going to take time. You know, if we, if we finish 8th or 9th next year, we've done well. You know what I mean? If we have a season and we've built a better team, we're harder to beat and we don't get in a relegation mire again, then that's got to be progress. But it, it, honestly, these people think we're going to sign Messi and Neymar. You lost the plot. It ain't, it ain't going to happen. Steve, uh, Keith hit the nail on the head there, really. We, you know, you're going to be naive if you think that we're going to go out and spend ridiculous money this this transfer window. Plus, there'll be a wage structure still. It might not be as stringent and as stingy maybe as, as our previous owner, but there will still be a wage structure. And the simple fact of the matter is that if we were to go over that to bring a particular player in, Keith's right, five or six players will knock on the door and say, well, hold on a minute, I want a pay rise. Will. Absolutely. Before we get on to that, obviously the, 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 the first part of the question that, that was asked to, to Keith was about the uh, about the, the fact that people were bringing the photographs up. Now, I, I'm, I, let, let it be a warning to every other podcaster out there, you know, the, the day I stalked is not going to be a good section to have on your show. You know, no. the day I met is fine, but the day I stalked is not a good section to try and come <laughs> up with. So <laughs> let's let's make sure you avoid that one, lads. Let's bit make of, sure some privacy. Bit of, bit of voyeurism. <laughs> That's right. but getting back to exactly what you said, Steve. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a gradual thing. I don't think it'll take as long as many people are uh, imagining. I think that I think that the I think behind the scenes at the club there are people there who they're not after instant success. But at the same time, then they won't have the patience to wait and wait and wait for, you know, five, six, seven years. I think they'll be looking for success or relative success um, and Newcastle will be up there knocking on the door slightly earlier than, than, than what people always come up with, which is a five-year plan. I, I think that'll, that'll happen um, a little bit quicker. And that, that's because what will happen is that as, as more quality players come in, and other players drop out, you then start to enhance your squad and you bring the quality in. And it's at that point, maybe it's in three or four years' time, maybe it's three years' time, maybe it's eight, you know, two and a half years' time, you start to get 
the hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand pounds signing in terms of salaries that, that that Keith was mentioning earlier. Um, but at the at the moment, it's going to be a gradual thing. It's going to be it's going to be thought out. It's going to be very much with I think. Um, looking at the current Premier League and looking at players who are established in the Premier League, quality players as well, that can come in and can we can take advantage of their experience and their knowledge of how the game's played um, without having that learning curve. Let's face it, it's taken Joe Linton, as we mentioned earlier, you know, a good couple of seasons for to really get himself bedded in and understand how to play the game. So perhaps it might not be a, a, a um, foreign imports that, Manchester City was slightly different the way they did it, but they also brought in a lot of a lot of lads from from other clubs. They might have been foreign uh, to the to Manchester City, but they weren't they weren't foreign to to playing in the Premier League. Um, you know, and they, they brought defenders in, they brought quality in, uh, and gradually built up over a period of time. I think Newcastle are looking for it to do it slightly quicker than that. Um, We'll, we'll probably come across some names later on. Mitch might have a few names. In fact, I know he's got a few names that he might want to, to throw into the mix of the type of quality that we'll be looking for in the in the the the, the, uh, the summer transfer window. Um, there's been some interesting interesting ideas and, and thoughts that we've had. Um, and the, the, it's players, I think, more that, that would excite us rather than necessarily players that you can certainly say link. I think, I think there's a... I think with Eddie Howe, you're going to be in the situation where he'll go out and he'll have certain positions that he wants filled and he'll have a, a list of three or four players at each at, in each position. And then he'll be looking at those players and he'll be deciding from what he hears from them, what he's got from you know all the dossiers and that in the world and all the videos that you can watch um, on, and all the YouTubes and all of the stuff that agents can tell you. But Eddie will want to see it for himself, want to hear it from himself. And uh, that's when you make the decision. That's when you'll go at the board and say, that's the player I want. I know that the player come, wants to come as well, because that's another vital factor. Exactly as Keith said, the player wants to be at Newcastle United. Um, and at the moment, we can't offer European football. We can't offer Europa League football. We can't offer Champions League football. But if we've got a plan and we've got a succession plan for the current squad that is going to lead us towards that, those sort of avenues... Um, that's Eddie Howe's job to get the to get the team playing in such a way that we can attain to being in that in those positions in the next perhaps three three to four seasons max. Yeah, Mitch, the, you know, getting back to the the snooping gate, you know, story that's been circulating. It's it's just strange times, isn't it? It's it's everyone's got a camera on their phone these days, so it's easy to do, I guess. It's the accessibility. If you add that to social media. Add that to two years of, um, in some cases, quite heavy lockdowns in some parts of the world. Like, yeah. I think some people over the entire period have forgotten how to behave. And social norms and social boundaries seem to be easier to break for some people right now. Um, in many different ways. You know, you see combinations of the Pitch invasions, again, people. I've got a mate who runs a bar up here in Motor City, one of the sleepier parts of Dubai. And he says, post lockdown, he's had more bother in that bar than when he ran a bar in Liverpool than he was regularly having a shotgun made in his face. <laughs> and, and he's dealing with people who are behaving terribly to his staff, treating his staff like crap and doing outrageous things. And he, he really feels that, you know, there's this. There's this 
change in how people have behaved post-lockdown. Uh, and I think things like this are prime examples. Well, I was only doing it to put on the internet. Well, that's not skin she's made. You're still actually, you know, scooping and you're right. Because there's cameras on nearly everything from your phone to your fridge these days, um, it's easier to access stuff um, and do something like this. And it's um, it's a shame because, again, it's going to come back and bite everybody on the backside eventually. Although the press, if the press wanted to take something up with that, they can, can hardly talk after years of paparazzi type uh, uh, things with, with celebrities and I think that, that also sends the wrong message that it's okay to do well if it's okay for them to do well I'll do it with before. Um, so I think it's it, it's it's an interesting and unusual sort of combination of many things I see it a little bit professionally you know because people take selfies and they see they see a smile from an angle that they don't normally look at that and then suddenly it's the end of the world and they don't like the smile and they want to do, do something to change it and sometimes I'm doing almost <laughs> microscopic changes uh, in the bigger picture from a normal social distance you just wouldn't notice. But because there's a close-up selfie with flash photography and they've seen it, then they want to change it. They want something done about it. And it's, it, it's, it, it, Everybody's looking at things in very different ways at the moment, and I think that's, that's absolutely where some of this comes from. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's modern times. I think that's that's what it, that's what it's all about. And I think that oh, you um, just made us all feel old, there, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to do that, do I, lads? We just need to look in the all this was with. fields when I was a lad, and exactly. I never seen an orange until I was twelve. And all these things have been lockdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've been there. Big thanks to our sponsors, Spider Miner, worldwide coverage from the lads. The only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time while doing virtually uh, no energy and it's VPN protected by yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Cheers, lads. Thanks to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pays you go waste collection. Thanks, Scott. Uh, thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 01913897245, and the Garden of Eden Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks also to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. And thanks to Kleekai, meet the new game over screen. Drop into a Clearroom device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and playrun.game. Thanks to Neil at Media Arts for all help with video side of things. If you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner and you can subscribe for free. We are about 50 away from hitting the 48,000 mark. Uh, would lovely, uh, be lovely to achieve that by next week. So please share this to your social media using the share button underneath the video. Drop it onto some Newcastle forums, send it to your mates, do whatever you can to help us grow the channel. Hit the thumb up to like the video, which is very important. And uh, as I can see, already 117 people have done that, but there's 550 of you watching. So please just hit the little thumb up under the video. It's free to do. Drop into the comments box to post a comment or to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show. If you want to become a member, well, we've got the members draw tonight. Get yourself to nufcmatters.com. Become a member. And uh, John is uh, putting that out at 6.30 tonight. Um, but if you join up, you get a cup, a pen, a scarf, and a membership card. 
and entering into the monthly draw. Uh, you can also use this QR code on your smartphone, put your camera over that, and it takes you straight to the membership section. Uh, we also offer some car stickers to subscribers. So if you've subscribed, make sure you email john at nufcmatters.com and he will send you a free car sticker. Don't forget, no home games now for a couple of months. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is where you can make a virtual donation. Go to the match day bucket. Uh, it's available 365 days of the year and you can donate to the food bank that way. Please do that and put in as much or as little as you can. Don't forget as well, we've got a summer event coming up on the 24th of June. Not long now. Uh, Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin will be on stage. Tickets are £12. A lot of the NUFC matters regulars will be there as well. It's at Shearer's Bar, Friday the 24th of June. Tickets £12. And uh, you can get them from nufcmatters.com. And we've still got the raffle going for the Alan Shearer Bowl. 99 tickets available. Uh, we'll be drawing that next Friday. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets at £2.99. And they are nice uh, pieces of memorabilia signed in gold pen by Alan. As always, John from QTech is doing his monthly uh, starter for 10 it uh, gives you four clues, and when you get the fourth clue, uh, you have to answer a question, and uh, there will be a prize up for grabs uh, in the next four weeks. So 28th of November, 1960, is your first clue. Jot your answer down uh, for that, and uh, make sure you keep that safe, and we will look at the next clue next week, and uh, good luck with that. Okay, uh, time uh, to uh, look through your tweets of the week. <laughs> Bit of a theme with Tweet of the Week uh, to start with, but we'll show you this one. Um, I, I can't believe <laughs> when you when you badmouth the team all season and uh, then they stop uh, yours from playing in the Champions League football next season. I, I think that was hilarious, but I, I did actually remember uh, a few weeks ago, I'm actually having to do an event with Paul Merson next month. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not interviewing him. Um, in fact, I stipulated that when I met the guys from the charity yesterday. It's the Heal and Tour charity. Um, I do it every year. And um, yeah, Paul Merson's the guest speaker. And I've got to sit with him at a table uh, for a, a, an hour uh, in between him on stage and me on stage, making small talk. Anybody got any questions want to ask? Um, maybe you can send them in on a postcard. But yeah, that should be an interesting evening. Um, Oliver Holt was at it again. And normally I would draw the line at mentioning uh, uh, mentioning journalists. But this guy really has just pushed it and pushed it and pushed it with Newcastle fans this week. Newcastle will play in Saudi colours next season, aligning them even more closely with a despotic regime. So beyond losing their identity, how much more are fans prepared to sacrifice? Green and white stripes for a home kit. MBS Park is a stadium name. Mail on Sunday, column later. Uh, and that was, you know, basically where he put more of his diatribe in there. And uh, he's just on a one, he's on a one horse mission. Uh, Sam Chipperfield, one of our regulars, chipped in. This coming from a bloke who went to Saudi Arabia to watch boxing in Qatar for a World Cup draw and back to Qatar for a World Cup. Uh, and then he, uh, you know, makes him sure that he understands exactly how he feels. Uh, Oliver then puts, let's just call them Saudi United and uh, have done with it. 
there was then a lot of our intelligent members of the fan base uh, having, having, a, having a pop. Uh, but again, uh, you know, Stu Penman just basically saying in short months, the new owners of NUFC have delivered on their promise that they'll give us our club back. We are once again united, which is true. Imagine when they get what they want from their investment. I, for one, cannot wait. Thank you for believing in us. You get another guy, Alan Francis. Any more news on one of your owners who had that guy chopped up in the Saudi embassy handing himself in yet? This is the kind of stuff we are having to put up with. And I know there's fans from other clubs watch our show, especially Friday night show. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll say hi in the chat. You know, it, it's about football to us. It's not about the politics. And, and this is the kind of response. Dennis Taylor about the strip. It's not the home kit. He says, we've had green and a white away kits in the past. Here's one of them. Did you kick up a fuss then? As I say, it's really just the, the, the timeline has been full of it. Saudi Arabia and Sheffield United away kits. Where was the outrage? Says Alex Parsons. Great point, mate. Great point. And, you know, unfortunately, I think we're, we're fighting a losing battle. Toon Tickler. Did Amanda get permission of the big six? Do Munga Media or anyone south of Gateshead permission to wear the green dress at last night's celebration? There'll be hell on. Good point. Uh, then we had this one uh, from Nick, uh, who's on the uh, in the chat tonight. Deek me in my new Saudi back garden. Wish it was sand. To tell the truth, I haven't got a flipping lawnmower yet. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have lawnmowers in the felon zone. Yeah. Uh, Sefton Magput, I thought these looked brilliant, but it's not the style I'm worried about. It's just something I can't put my finger on. Before I purchased them, it's not the cost. Great reviews, a million sold. It's my second favourite colours after black and white. <laughs> decisions, decisions. <laughs> and I'll finish off with this one. Uh, this is Paul Franklin. He says, Helen and Seaton Carew is PIF Open's new hair salon. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Great stuff. Good to see we can still have a laugh uh, during all of this madness on Twitter. Don't let, a, don't let the bastards grind it down is my honest opinion to everybody out there. The badge, we talked about this this week as well. I've only ever known the club badge that we have now. Uh, we have now. But looking back at previous uh, uh, alterations, the one immediately before our current one is my absolute favourite. If there's to be a change, I hope it'll be inspired by the 8388 badge. I'll take the banner off just so you can see that, lads. But I love that suggestion. Great, good that. And then, then we'll have somebody criticising with we did that design for putting a crescent moon in my badge and no. Islamifying. Well, <laughs> you, it'll get that stupid. I just it's already at that stupidity. Well, it's already at that stupidity. Ah, you spot on. That, good shout that you, 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 you Every single piece of design <laughs> that comes out of our club over the next few years. Will be clawed over, criticised. They'll have words put in my mouth that be given meanings that mean jack shit. Yeah. But it'll be done used as an excuse to beat me with, and you've just shown you how easy it is to do. Exactly. Good spot. That um, another okay. one on Paul Merson. Uh, he was just highlighting the fact that uh, Paul Merson did say that Eddie Howe was a terrible decision to bring in. Uh, maybe there's another thing I can bring up with Paul Merson over coffee. Um, uh, this one, uh, tweet of the week from Mark Byers. He says she forced me to watch Sunderland <laughs> matches. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I did like that one, mate. That ongoing trail, which is a complete farce. Newcastle fans TV. Um, I, I did like this. He says, any UFC boss meets with Shaka Hislop because Shaka can go wherever the damn well pleases. And now he's got the freedom of the city, which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, this God. one was good uh, from the back page Newcastle. Within seconds of it going in the window, our new Bruno shirt attracts Newcastle's fashion gurus. <laughs> <laughs> 
some, and then there was a few comments under there, Steve, which I would never do on this show. Yeah. Embarrassed yeah. people yeah. asking if it was you, and of course not. Patricia and Kira, we can't work from home officially, but Dominic Rob managed to work from a beach while Kabul fell to the Taliban. I did like that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, war flags. This was brilliant. Quite a surreal day for many of us. Topped off with a donation from Jamie Rubin. We can't thank everyone at Newcastle United enough. Roll on Monday, and that was fantastic. I did come on that on my timeline just to see them all meeting the players and manager and staff. Fantastic. Uh, this one was from Ian Hull, the Daily Dafty. Local man who went bird watching with Sinead O'Connor tells the Daily Dafty so far it's been seven hours and 15 years. <laughs> that's shocking. That. That's, that's bad. It was oh, bad, but it was typical, typical wonderfully so. It was. Now, uh, take your time, write this guy's Twitter down. At DBWFC1. Now, the reason you've got to write that down is uh, because you need to find that thread which starts, as it is the 10th anniversary of that day at Stoke, I thought I would share what happened to me that day. Go and read it because that story is absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to spoil it. Give the kid kid a a follow on Twitter. Go and read it. It's quality. Uh, yeah. That is absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Mitch has seen it as well, so there you go. I think I retweeted it. Uh, the man uh, with no name, thanks for sending this, which was the picture of the Sir Bobby Robson uh, the other day on the port of Tyne. Yes, I've seen that a few times. I think there's a train as well named after him. Um, you know, there was a train named after him at, at some point. Uh, Kenny Ranson, thanks for this one. Can you believe this is the bar in the family stand? It's in James's Park. Definitely needs a bit of an upgrade. I actually <laughs> thought that was in your man shed or something, Kenny, when I saw that picture. I had to scroll in. But, yeah, it, it, it is one of the bars, and I'm sure that's something that they'll have to tackle uh, at some point. Uh, this one from 100% Mags. He says, Burnley fans comment on my YouTube channel and my reply. 100% Mags put, I like Newcastle, but you're... Uh, no, the, the Burnley put, I like Newcastle, but you're in our way at the moment. Move. And 100% Mags says, we don't move for small clubs in the Midlands. Just ask Aston Villa. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, mate. Uh, This one was very creative. Uh, Jabba the Hood uh, from uh, 100% um, Mags as well. Uh, That's just like avocado, basically, with a load of uh, gunge in the middle. Jabacado toast. Jabacado on toast, which I just thought was quite funny. And I just included it in Tweets of the Week. And yes, we've got a couple more. Uh, Villa are about to catch five, then says Camo. What's he talking about? Well, it's Total City who put Aston Villa will reportedly earn £25 million from Man City winning the league as part of the Jack Grealish contract. <laughs> yes, controversial. Keep an, that. Keep an eye on that. Uh, no context, Brits. I love this as well. I highly, I highly doubt he's qualified, but I'll give him a shot. Uh, meet your mortgage advisor. <laughs> what it says on that sign is the, the dog peeping out. Uh, this one as well um, from Andrew Musgrove. He's home. Alan Shearer, get yourself up to St James's Park. He is now uh, up there uh, where he should be, which is fantastic and uh, well worth popping up and seeing him in the right place. I got this one off match of the day, too, guys. Look at the crowd as Calvert Lewin takes the penalty. Dear me. <laughs> He actually did that to try and put Calvert-Lewin off. Um, unbelievable uh, what people will do to try and stop somebody scoring a penalty. Uh, Mitch makes it in the Tweet of the Week uh, via Zara. Had on Callum, I'm on my way, as he watched uh, the two get knocked out against uh, Arsenal um, on Monday. 
And Football Daily, when does he stop whining? Because nobody else is doing it. Jurgen Klopp has defended his actions to call out the Premier League on planning the Liverpool's fixture list to make it more difficult than it is already. Which I thought was, uh, which I thought was very good as well. Last couple, uh, Arnold uh, says, I've heard it all now. Chelsea's Russian flag strip was based on the 1960s King's Road culture. Wasn't it the swinging 60s with multicolored fashion? Um, <laughs> There was quite a bit of response to Ben Jacobs. If you didn't see him at the start of the week, um, we were talking about the strip. Um, this one again was from Arnold. Uh, uh, Arnold the Russian imperial flag was also pointed out by many Newcastle fans as well. But again, no scrutiny hysteria prior to or when the strip was released. Ben might argue it is a slightly different colour, yellow. So that is okay. So yeah, it did cause a lot of controversy. Uh, final tweet of the week is this one. And this is brilliant. the best one. Absolutely um, brilliant. JH executive, thank you. And uh, you turned up this morning in James's part making inquiries as to the availability of Callum Wilson's front. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> brilliant, that like. Thank you so much, everybody, for highlighting uh, them. And I'll keep an eye out, and the lads will as well. But that is your tweet of the week. <laughs> Great stuff, absolutely brilliant, and uh, keep them coming in. Uh, question for the panel from Spenny Mag. Um, we'll, we'll go with this one as well. He says, I met Kevin Keegan last week. He said he's confident we will win a trophy in three years, Keith, and the Premier League in five um, after the meeting that he's had with the owners. Do you agree? Is I mean, we've touched briefly on on you know that on the show in the past, but is that is that realistic? Trophy in three years and, and the I Premier think, League think, in five? I think we will win a trophy within three years. Yeah, I do. I think we'll win. I'll, you know, it might be a cup, but I think we'll win a trophy in three years. It's funny, the five-year thing, because I can imagine Keegan saying that. It's the kind of thing he would say, and I, and I support him. He's the best bloke I've ever met. But my best pal was with um, Conte from Spurs, um, and he knows him, and he was in London in a hotel, and he was sat talking to him. They talked about a lot of things, and then he's he, he, he been said, "What do you think about Newcastle?" And he just said, "He said uh, he says they're going to be so big that people aren't going to be able to cope with them." This is a manager Tottenham saying this. It's not it's not a bit of a story. It's a fact. And he turned around and said, "He said um, when people know Newcastle for players in time, others will drop out because they won't be able to cope." He says, "But the, the one thing you need to do is you need to get some kind of success." To attract them players. But he said, he, his terms were, he said, you'll be in the Champions League within two years and you'll win it within three. And that was Conte, Spurs manager, saying, we'll be in the Champions League within two years and we'll win it within three. So when you hear people like that say, they know how football works better than we do. And I wouldn't like the burden Newcastle with such a prediction. Um you know, I do think we will win silverware. And it could be the you know, it could be a cup or it could be you know, but, but I think I think I think within maximum of two years we'll be playing Europe. It'll take us maximum two years to get into Europe. Um and it's what happens after them, and it's who, it's who we get. And and it, it's it's making sure that when everyone wrote all these players off that we've got now, it's you know, you know, most of them shite. They all gelled and they all fought for each other. If you saw what Gomerish did the other day when Taggart was getting interviewed and he said he should sign, that was quite similar to when Sean Longstaff spoke for Joe Linton when that reporter, and when the reporter matched the day, turned around and said, I didn't know you were that good. 
with Joe, uh, Sean Longstaff said, what are you about? He said, you want to come see him and train? He's out there every week. And it's that, it's that, you know, Sean Longstaff's back in a player that's maybe, he's got, that's maybe he's got a shirt before him at the time. But that's the kind of camaraderie they're building up. And if they keep building up with them kind of players where there's no, you know, bloke getting the kind of money that's going to piss the rest of them off, then I think we've got a chance of getting silverware through a year. Win the title in five? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. I don't think it's out of the question. I think I think our owners would like to win in five years. I think they wanted in that kind of period. But don't forget the insurmountable, massive time you've got to get past the likes of Liverpool and Man City. Two of the biggest clubs in the world now. And yeah, I think it'd be done. And I wouldn't argue with Kagan on that. But I, I just I think to get there, if you want to get there quicker than Man City did, and if you don't want to do what our evidence done, you've got to realise that that your Dan Byrne kind of players that'll run through walls for you. And it's your Gamerish that just wants to come here. Bruno wants to come here rather than go to the Champions League club. It's them kind of people that you need to add to rather than just saying, oh, we're going to get Ronaldo. At that, you know, because, you, you know, you, you think of that, Ronaldo is still one of the best players in the world. But his time's come to an end and he doesn't cover the ground that we're going to need to cover when we're making up this ground on people. And the wages will just smash the Jeff them. So, so I think he's right. I think it can be done. But I think, um, it, I, I think reading that, everyone's going to say, oh, it's going to happen. We're going to get sign all these big players now. I think we've got to have another summer window like we had in January. I think it's going to be that kind of grown. Okay, Steve, what's your thoughts on, on you know, that kind of prediction? You know, I think we could win a trophy uh, within the next couple of years. League yeah. Cup would be perfect, I think. Yeah. I think that's possible. Yeah, I mean, that, that was what I was alluding to earlier when we had the start of the conversation about, about planning, uh, forward planning and thinking and looking ahead. I think, that, I think that what we've got is we've got owners um, in the PIF who... Are no fools. I think they. I think they bring people in who are ultra professional, um, who know the business and are winners. And I think when you get winners behind the scenes, that encourages winners on the pitch. It encourages managers and coaches to understand what it means to be a winner. And I think the pressure, if anywhere, is going to be on Eddie Howe and on his coaching staff to deliver the expectations that there are in the boardroom. And I think the boardroom will do the damnedest to give them every tool possible to be successful. And by that, I mean that they'll give them the backing in terms of who he wants to bring in, as well as the resources and the finances to, to, to encourage better players and to encourage those players to sign. So if, if Eddie spots a player that he particularly wants, I think they'll go out of their way to ensure that they can get those players, but they'll understand that balancing act that they've got to pay, they've got to deal with between the 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 player, his agent, and what the club can afford. Now, when I say what we can afford, it's very much on that lateral that Keith's talking about, which is you don't want to go overboard, you don't want to you don't want to suddenly throw a two hundred and fifty thousand pound a week player into a squad of seventy five thousand pound a week players, unless you've got the mentality of those of those 75,000 a week players to understand that that 250,000 player is going to bring you the success and you're going to be riding yeah. on the coattails of that. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Human, It's all well and good in theory, but in humans, in human nature is, as, as Keith rightly points out, 
hang on, if he's getting that, I want that. You know, and this is this is where the 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 solid managerial approach behind the scenes comes to play. So when you when you end up with a player, for example, let, let's let's use an example. Let's let's say we did buy a two hundred fifty thousand pound player, and we've got a seventy five thousand pound a week player who goes to them and says, "I want one hundred and fifty. You've got to stand there with the cojones to say, "No, you know, get good enough. Come back in two years' time when we've won something and you've had something to do with the success, then we might consider it. But in the meantime, you stick with what you've got or you leave." Because we can very, very quickly replace you. That's the that's the sort of mindset that will come into play. That's the that's the hard news business approach, and managers don't normally do it. Owners will do it. There's no question about that. What's he written on there? God Penman. Penman. <laughs> what's he like? But that, that's what's going to happen. That's what's that, I see that, and I, I I think that when you listen to Kevin Keegan, who thinks that. That having spoken to the owners and having spoken to the people running the football club and having, according to Chronicle, had time sitting down with Eddie Howe as well, which is very, very interesting. I mean, Kevin doesn't want to doesn't want to get involved in the football club. I think in the Chronicle tonight he said he's quite happy spending time with his grandkids. Um, and yet we've all shouted and bawled at the start when he when with the takeover happened that we want Keegan as some sort of ambassadorial role. Kevin probably just wants to come sometimes and be a guest and 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 enjoy the football at St James's Park. And hey, that's what we all want. But uh, when when he says that it can be done, then I'm a believer. You know, <laughs> I'm definitely a believer in that sort of mindset. And if everybody else has the same sort of mindset, then there's no reason why it can't be achieved. Um, Football runs in 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 sequence. Look at look at Man United at the moment. Look at where City are. That'll not that'll not always be there. Look at where Liverpool are. They've they've taken the progression and the claim. That the, the squad he's got, he's going to have to rebuild that squad at Liverpool eventually. The players are getting older. Salah is not the same player as he was last season, and won't be the same player next season. Um, contracts coming to an end. Um, Henderson, who's been running that midfield for them at the back end of the season, again, he's not going to be there. So changes are going to happen there. You've seen this is where Newcastle United have the advantage because we can nip in and we can get some players who perhaps would have been on the Manchester United or the, or the Liverpool or the Man City plane, but they are looking beyond because they all go to Europe and they, they spend ridiculously. We come in slightly lower down, but we can get players with that key word, ambition, who want to be part of something. Because if you're part of Newcastle United going up, that's the ambition that 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 drives a team forward. Be part of a team that is ambitious, not part of a team that is full of greedy people who are there and will will twist and turn and and, and complain because somebody else is getting a better car or a, you know um, they're getting an extra couple of days off here and there to fly to France or whatever it might be. We don't want any of that. You know, we want we want solid professionals, but professionals who have got that winning mentality as well. And we want Eddie Howe to be able to build that within. And we want the squad. And with Bruno, we've got that type of player. And hopefully that mentality rubs off because other people go, you know what, I can play football just as good as Bruno and I, I want that adulation as much as anything else. Because adulation doesn't cost anything. You know, adulation's earned, and that's what we'll do. That's where that's where our mind's going to be as 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 fans. We're going to add, we're going to 
we're going to have that adulation for players because we're seeing them put the work in, not because they're getting paid two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand pound a week and playing crap. Yeah, uh, Mitch, unrealistic to think we could have a trophy in the cabinet which has got cobwebs and spiders in at the minute. This the dichotomy we've got at the minute is: Do you want to get big quick, and how do you manage that change? And that's the difficulty that the balance that they've got in the boardroom and with the manager and his team. And how you manage the squad as the squad evolves and people come in. It's why I think this transfer window order won't be necessarily a fixed budget. I think it'll be flexible. I think it'll be fluid. I think it'll evolve. And decisions made about certain players will may influence the decisions made later on in the window. I think they'll have a, a list of positions that they want to strengthen. Um, say, for example, right, we want a creative centre in the field Right, who's in the list? Paquetta, Christian Eriksen, James Wood-Prowse. Right, let's go and seek those those guys out. What kind of answers did we get off them? What can we get them in for? And how do they fit in with the wage structure? And then there's one piece of that puzzle drops into place that might then influence the decision on the striker that we we'll want to bring in. And that might then influence the decision on the centre-back that we we'll might want to bring in and so on and so on and so on. I think they will extend themselves to get the right player at the right time if that's what it takes. But also, I think they, they want to be sensible from a business-wise with one mind on that every deal that we are involved in, be it um, uh, a sponsorship deal or a transfer deal, is going to be absolutely bored over again. I've said it before, I'll say it again, with a bloody nickel. They're going to be looking for every tiny little thing they can find to go, aha, gotcha. So we want it all to be watertight and done and sealed and no bother at all. And I think that's why we're going to probably play this window smarter than people realise. I think we're going to take advantage of uh, free transfers and Bosman rules. I think that's going to happen. Because um, that, again, gives more flexibility in terms of how you can then work those wage structures and how you can bring people in on a lower wage, but maybe just give them signing bonuses, etc., and things like that. And you, you do it that way. Um, then you don't bust the wage structure. And so there's loads of ways you can do it. And I think we're getting the team together who are used to doing this kind of thing. I hear on the grapevine our new director has, has not been home in three months. That's how hard he works, and that's what he does, and he's now doing it for us. And probably has been since January when he first appeared in the club in an unofficial capacity. You know, well, we didn't and, just nip out for a, a paper and some milk, Mitch. Yeah, no, nah, can you imagine? We've got to pay for milk. <laughs> I'm home! <laughs> trouble with his last. Okay, uh, we've, got, we've got 35 minutes left to go. I've got in about, I'm away to the Thomas Wilson Club in Gateshead tonight doing a talk in with Super Mac. Uh, me and uh, John from Cutec are popping down there, so looking forward to that. Okay, we're going to do the monthly draw. The prize tonight is a £50 Amazon card and a Shearer 200, uh, 260 gift set, which is signed by Alan Shearer. So here we go. Who is the lucky winner this week? Seven is the lucky winner, C. Marshall. Well done, uh, member 117, C. Marshall. You are the winner of a £50 Amazon uh, gift set and the, the Shira, a £50 Amazon card and the Shira gift set. So well done to you. If you want to be in the monthly draw, go to nufcmatters.com and become a member. Okay, time for a little bit of humour. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Okay, time for Elliot's joke, and uh, he's just had an argument with the manager of McDonald's. The bloke's a total clown. Wow. That's it. Just shake your head. Nobody, nobody liked that one, Elliot. But there we go. Um, you win some, you lose some. I thought it was quite amusing anyway. Yeah, uh, I do want to give this a little bit of a plug. As you know, uh, I had a, you know, I had the, the displeasure of having a organise me mother's funeral and give her a good send-off on Tuesday. Um, most of you will also know that my mum contributed to The Craze, The Gangsters Behind Bars, a documentary which um, um, I was the centre of, but also a producer on. Um, we're going to do a charity screening at the Tyneside Iris Centre on Saturday the 11th of June. Um, it's going to be a slightly different screening because we're going to show my mum's interview in full, which is around about 26 minutes, and then we're going to show the documentary again. Uh, we're charging a fiver a ticket for people to come and see this, and um, basically all money raised uh, is going to be donated to St. Bede's Palliative Care Unit up at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. Uh, John from QTech kicked it off. He's already bought 20 tickets, uh, so donated £100. Uh, would like people to come. It, it, it's a great documentary. It's uh, still in the UK DVD and documentary charts. Uh, got the number 29 um, in the very first week, which was fantastic. But it's well worth coming along to. It's 12 o'clock till 4. Uh, the screening will start about half past 12. The documentary itself is about an hour and a half long. Um, so let's say, you know, half 12 till probably around about 3 o'clock if you just want to come along and watch the documentary and, uh, you know, pay your fiver. But uh, NUFCMatters.com, the tickets are on sale on there. As I say, it's a fiver ticket. So please get along and we want to raise as much as we can. It'd be nice to be able to hand over, you know, uh, a nice chunk to them uh, if we can. And it'll be a good afternoon, good chance to catch up with everybody. And uh, come along and see the documentary. It's well worth seeing. A lot of people ask them when Mick Lowe's is back. Mick's back tomorrow, half past 10 in the morning. Uh, Sunday, I'm away to Burnley, uh, so I won't be able to do any live content. So um, I've done a podcast with Frank Bruno. Um, so get yourself on uh, to that pre-recorded interview, uh, which will go out on Sunday. And then the lads from the Fans Forum will be back on Monday night. So still plenty of stuff to catch up on on this channel over the uh, over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, great stuff. Uh, we've still got the game to look ahead to as well. But uh, buckle up now for uh, one of your favourite sections of the of the week. And by God, again, there is some uh, some rather interesting uh, lookalikes uh, for you to, uh, to get your teeth into. Are you ready, Steve Hasty? Ready. Steve's now left the building. <laughs> okay. Tom Dixon, thank you. Tunkai Sanli and uh, Mazwa Mahmood. Uh, uh, Mazud Ahmed, sorry, from EastEnders. Very good, that. Very good, Tom. Like that one. Uh, this one, Neil Warnock and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> very, very good. This one uh, from Tom Dixon as well. Um, God, yeah, that is, that is very good. Yeah, is that is that uh, doll from Are You Being Served or something? Uh, excellent. But yeah, very good. Wiley. Jason uh, Love and Joe Linton. I'm not sure who that guy is. He's some kind of reality star or a singer or something. But yeah, very similar. Just needs to bleach, bleach his hair on top. Uh, this one, uh, again, from Tom Simon Jordan. <laughs> 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 
the bottom one. The running train and Joe Walker. Um, this one, um, Steve Bruce watching Sheffield United. Oh, <laughs> very good, very good, very good. Uh, Stu Penman uh, got it in the neck last week. This week, Sam Chipperfield says, What kind of makeover Stu Penman had here? <laughs> Excellent. Um, and next up. This one, Steve Bruce says win Bennett. Yeah, that's a good one. It's another, it is. It's another good one. Like it looks, it, it, it does does look like. And I'm not sure whether the guy knew the photograph was being taken. I wonder if that's the same person who took the photos of Bruno. Um, this one, um, I can't remember whether I highlighted a while back the team photos that were being done weeks ago. Uh, somebody says, "Why was the Jolie dentist in the dressing room?" And there you are, Mitch in the back. <laughs> who is this man? Brilliant. Um, it is not the Geordie Dentist, uh, I hasten to add. Okay, uh, this week's uh, submission from Albert. Just to add in a new section, he, uh, this is called the Hasty Lookalike. Right. So, uh, without further ado, let's get our I've, teeth into I've this no one. I have no idea what Albert <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't mean it's 10. <laughs> this is great, Steve. <laughs> You reckon? Uh, <laughs> I, think that's you in a, I think that's you in a full room. We've got this one and a rather oh. uh, looking, uh, looking rather somber, wistful. I think wistful is that. Uh, this one. <laughs> Thanks, Albert. That was certainly original. Uh, I know you sent us another one, Albert. I'm going to keep that one for next week, mate. Uh, Back to other people, though, to give Steve a reprisal. Oh. This is from Elaine Morley, Dubravka, and uh, is that a guy Yeah, brilliant. Good like that one. And this one, uh, James Douglas says, no disrespect intended, but uh, this dog is a ringer for Steve Cooper. Oh. <laughs> Poor dog. Poor dog. I feel for dogs me now. <laughs> uh, I do. I, uh, this one was from last night, Ian Russell. Thanks. He says, two lookalike. He's super and Will Young. Yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I've got to be honest. Can, can anybody see that? Hair, no beard. I don't know whether it, is it the face that is it the face that Mal's pulling there. Do you think it's the face, and that's why he's, that's why there's a comparison? Just the eyes and the nose. I think that's about it. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I don't know what I don't know what happened with Malcolm um, last night, but he's he's obviously he's, um, internet either packed up or, or something last night, um, and we had. He had, he had like a complete phase out, so I'm not sure what happened to him. But Malcolm, uh, yeah, he's I'm not sure. He's walking into Will Young. I, maybe he's, I, I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure what that one's about. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, this one was from Ugly Camel. He went on a bit of a, a, a some late submissions today. Lewis Hamilton, uh, which was quite good. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was pretty good. I've got no idea who it is. Some dancer in a in a club, um, and then. Okay, Albert, I will show them. Uh, Ali, thanks, Albert. Keith's triple muscle section. Um, <laughs> I'm really not sure what this is. Uh, is that Moses? He doesn't even ask us who it is. Some mad professor. This one. I, I, can, get, I can see that one. Louis Bosbach. 
I don't even know what we're supposed to be looking at. It's not even looking like he's super close. He's super close to us. Thanks, Albert. I think uh, the winner of the lookalike, which is like you know an old fashioned lookalike, it looks it's, it's a lookalike. This one from Ugly Camel, George Harrison and Peter Beardsley. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, I, did, I did like it. Thank you very yeah. much. Keep them coming in, especially yeah. these Albert and Frank, that's the last one, is what it's supposed to be like, lads. <laughs> yeah. so not make up something that might look like something in my own head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I do want to touch. <laughs> You uh, and it's this uh, young lad, John Joe. You've been looking after him at the games, John Joe. Yeah, God. He did. Um, thanks a million for allowing us, allowing us to put this forward. Um, just want a couple of minutes of everybody's time. Um, you probably know that for 14 months, I did a you know, did a lot of work without wages and and never ever like expected anything but now I want to ask you for something it's the first time I asked for somebody but I want to see if all the people at any of same matters and all the people on Twitter can help me um, get something for John Joe which is Deidre's heart um, next week I'm meeting him um, at my house with his mum and his mum's called Amanda and on Tuesday night um, John Joe said he wanted me to go to, to go to the game with him so I went up on level seven with John Joe and I had the best night ever. Honestly, it was, it was outstanding. Um, he's just, he, he, like, I, I was in Shearer's Bar with him for the Liverpool game. We had him in Strawberry on Tuesday night. And he said to you... Monday night. Monday night. Uh, he's said to you, man, it's just outstanding. And uh, a lot of people will know John Joe's had a good career and he's had some really good jobs. And then when COVID hit in, you know, people's lost their jobs. A lot of you know that. And John Joe's out of work at the moment. And what, the reason I'm going to meet him next week is because um, I'm going to look at his CV and I'm going to represent it and put it back so, so we get John Joe in, in the window. And what I want to do is um, look at the, the work he's done. He's been working at the Sage in Gateshead and places like that. And he lived for his work. You know, his work was a big part of him. It was his identity. And since his work's gone, he's lost some of his confidence and he's, I don't know, he's, he's frustrated because he loved going to work. And I think a lot of people watching this tonight will realise that, that, that it's, it's a normal thing to want to go to work. It's also normal to want to do something that, I don't know, taxes you and, and tests you and that's what he wants. So um, some of the work he's done hinges on a lot of organisational skills and this, he's been commended through his work for, for, for doing organisational things and doing a lot of what I'd call a lot, a lot of people do simple tasks when you talk to John Joe and you ask you a question you, ask, you answer the question he's already getting his next question for you so he, he's, he's got a rapid speed of thought and Last week, we were upstairs and he just said, uh, he, he said to me, where are you going next? And I said, strawberry. And he says, he says, who with us? I says, I says, I'm going to see the lads. He says, he says Joe Walker. I says, ah. he says, I like Joe. And then he says, Steve Hastie. I said, ah. so, so then he asked, to, he said he wanted to come. 
Well, ten minutes before the game finished, when we went, to, just went to two, two nil, uh, we were jumping around. He sang every song, and then he turned on to me and he looked as he goes, "You did this," and I just looked at him and I thought, "You wind me up." <laughs> and, and, and I looked at him. And he says, "It's because you, this kid." And I just looked and I looked away, and I had like a tear running down my face. And I thought no more. I thought we want to say that. We got down the, the the lift outside, and his his mum got the all the wheelchair. He looked, his mum goes, "It's been crying." <laughs> <laughs> he just said it straight away. But he didn't tell me it was him who made us do that. But when I spoke to him um, at the Liverpool game and on on Monday night, we talked about his desire to go back to work. And the fortunate thing is, he doesn't have social media like we've got it. So I have eighteen thousand followers. Steve has forty-two thousand members of this. If you put all that together, we've got a hell of a group of people. And what I want to do is, I want to meet them next week, um, build them a stronger CV, and I want to reach out to all you people. All you, if there's you know, five hundred fifty, six hundred people coming on here tonight, I want you to come back to you in a week's time and tell you what it is John Joe's up to do, what 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 work he's been doing, and where he specialises, so we can get him back to work because he's losing his confidence. And he's he's frustrated. He's chilling. And if you think his mum will normally take the work, and then she'll have that free time to, to, to get ready for coming back, and she, it's time for her to go and do what women do: go and get a makeup, go and go and have a rest. Which what she's doing? She's sitting now with John Doe, where he's just wanting to be working all the time. And it's 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 for like to me and you, we just get ourselves down some job centre or get ourselves some recruitment campaign. Well, John Joy doesn't have the followers. He doesn't have the, the reach out. So he, can, he can't market himself to other people. So what I want to do is I want to put it out there, find out more detail about him, and then put it out on Twitter and put it out on this show and see if we can get him back to work. And what we're looking for... Keith? Sorry? My dad's just fired us a message on WhatsApp. He says, get get John Joe's details over to him and he'll okay. help how he can. Right, that's great. Because that's, that's the kind of thing I want. What I want to do now is I want I want people. There'll be a company out there that will gain from having John Joe working for them, and they'll benefit from it. But it's it's just a great move for him. And and whilst I'll be happy to give good publicity to somebody that helped us do it, it's mainly to get the lad back working. So it starts next week. Um, I don't like losing, as you know, and I don't like giving up. And I'm just going to tax every sort of list of people I've got. But I want the 18,000 followers I've got to retweet what I put out. And I want all the people in the AFC Matters to think, is there not a business out there that has an opportunity for him? And I'll come back to you next week and tell you exactly what skill set that, that we talk about. If we can get him back to work, to me, it'd be like get the tape over again. It'd be unbelievable. But thanks for letting us put the message out. I'm just trying to pre-warn you that next week, back in the next week, we'll start putting it out on Twitter. And I want the help of, just, there'll be one person, listen to this tonight, or there'll be one person on Twitter that says, the only is our company have, have a, a ability to do that. We've got the facility, it, 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 it's got the access we need, et cetera, et cetera. It'll make me extremely happy. So I've never asked for anything before, but I'm asking now, please help a friend, because he's such a brilliant lad. And you probably all saw him this week getting photographs with Jimmy Rubin and me and dad when they were kind enough to go over and spend time with him. And he's there every week on the on the food bank with Steve Hasty and Colin Whittle collecting. He's a special, special lad. In he's 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 got a brilliant sense of humour, 
um, and and apparently an impressive CV. So can we just be ready for that next week and just help me? Um, and all I want to do, obviously, is just give something back to him and get him working again. Great stuff. Uh, plenty of messages coming in and uh, plenty of people said they've inboxed you and what have you. Obviously, George has submitted something via uh, Mitch as well. So, yeah, uh, please do. Uh, well done, Keith. And uh, I know you're not doing it for any praise, but uh, fantastic of you to do that. OK, uh, let's look ahead to uh, the game, uh, which is on Sunday. Newcastle's final game of the season against Burnley away. Uh, Burnley needs something out of the game. So that is certainly going to make it a little bit interesting. It's between Burnley and Leeds for the final relegation spot. It's a four, four o'clock kickoff time. There's no live UK TV broadcast. All 2,350 tickets in the way end have been sold. Joe Willock and John Joe Shelby will miss out. Uh, due to injury, Ryan Fraser is doubtful. Chris Wood and Fabian Scher trained on Thursday. Uh, there was no sign of Javier Manquillo, though. So, uh, be interesting to see who gets uh, a run-out. I'd love to see Matt Ritchie get a run-out. I think it could be his last game involved. Referee is Craig Pawson. And on VAR, which is often switched off, is Jared uh, Gillett. Uh, we don't have Joe tonight. We had a late meeting, so no Toon Tipster. Uh, but we do have Toon Stato. Hello amigos, the last game of an exciting season. Newcastle made history becoming the first team to stay in the Premier League and in the top flight after losing their first 14 games of the season. Away to Burnley and uh, it can be the fourth year in a row that Newcastle will not lose their final away game of the season if we avoid defeat on Sunday. The previous three seasons we won the Two games against Fulham and we also drew with uh, Brighton in 2020. Actually after beating Arsenal on Monday Newcastle has also won seven of their last nine home games of the season the only two defeats coming to Liverpool in 2019 and uh, the current season. When it comes to Burnley away from home in the five games so far in the Premier League Newcastle had, has won two both of them 2-1 lost two both of them 1-0 and there is also one 1-1 one, one draw between the two teams. A lot at stake for Burnley, their uh, remaining in the Premier League depends on the game on Sunday. While for Newcastle, Callum Wilson has the chance to add to his six goals for the season. Otherwise, he would uh, become the top goal scorer for Newcastle with the least goals in the entire history, with only six in all competitions. And he's also matching six in the Premier League which was done by John Barnes in 97-98 and John Joe Shelby in 19-20 uh, seasons. What else? Arsenal scored an own goal against Newcastle, which, which was the third own goal for Newcastle during the current season, the highest since 2011-2012, when uh, Newcastle had five own goals in their favour. Only Tottenham this season has more own goals for them, six in uh, all Premier League games. So let's see what happens on Sunday and no matter what it has been a fantastic season and we all know that as of next season things will be drastically different. Away the lads. Thank you to Andre for uh, his submissions this year. It's been fantastic. Uh, great guy and uh, look at the Ben now. Dear me, yeah. uh, Bonnie Jody jo Ben. Uh, definitely going to play Brilliant. for Newcastle. It's another Dan Byrne in the making there. So uh, keep, uh, keep feeding them and... Uh, Keep growing and we could end up signing a contract. Okay, Keith, how do you see this game going, man? Um, 
that's why I worry because it, it's it's a it's one of them grounds where you go to and the supporters they're not prone sandwich brigade in the sense that they you know they're, they're quite vociferous they'll get behind the team and I think it'll be tinder honestly I think it'd be red hot in that ground on you know two and a half thousand three thousand fans going down there oh Christ you'll know you're in a game and I think they'll shout the ground down but I think they'll get beat I think Newcastle will win um I think we'll win it two one um and that's been kind to Bernie I just think I just think it'll be a blood and thunder game but I think Newcastle we've come come a long way you know the, the Early in the season, we were praying by the side that played like Burnley, and we were jealous of we much Burnley that more often we are. But this, the, the times has changed. You know, Newcastle showed against Arsenal that, that you know we I, I think we I think we're playing above ourselves at the moment. But but I think it's going to keep going. I think it's going to keep going um, at the weekend. I think Wilson will score at the weekend. Um, I just, I, I, he, he was like he was like a man possessed the other night. He had so much. As though he was trying to prove something, but we, we knew he, he just it was just a breath of fresh air still. So I think it'd be two one. I think Wilson will score, but I think I, I just feel what like the ninety minutes, you know, like like if they go down, um, if if Leeds do do something, so um, stay safe and everybody be careful because uh, it's, it's a fully ground to go there. And um, I don't I don't want the news next week to be about people running the pitches and look what's happening in Newcastle match. So take care. Steve, your prediction for the game? Tell you what, what a nervous bunch they looked last night on TV. Not the players, but the fans. Um, I've never seen so many nails being bitten down and Sky focusing on it on, on a game. For for Sunday, I, I think I think we will win. I think I think we'll beat them 2-0. I was gonna go for Stewie's 3-1, but I'm I'm gonna stick with my 2-0 prediction. Um and I think they'll survive as well. I think that I think that Leeds will get beat off Brentford. I think Brentford will get up too much for them. I think both Burnley and Leeds uh, struggling with injuries, especially Leeds. But obviously Burnley lost another player um, in on Thursday night there with it with the sending off. Um, and I think I think it's going to be a game too far for them. I think that yes, they'll they'll be up for it. But I think I think the atmosphere will get to the Burnley players. Um, because against against Villa, they went one nil up, and then I thought that it was just all Villa, 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 and I can see, I can see the same thing happening with them in terms of being attacked and and folding. And uh, I'm going to go like I say for a two nil win to Newcastle United, but with Burnley also surviving because of defeat by Leeds. And let's just say how stupid Sky TV and and, and uh, BT Sport are because there's games at the top and there's get two games at the bottom. There was no reason why they shouldn't they couldn't have put all four games on simultaneously, um, and at least then we would have been seen. And Burnley fans around the country who can't make it into Turf Moor would have been able to see the game, um, and the Leeds fans and the and the Brentford fans. So I think they've missed a trick there. I think it's stupid. Um, and uh, now we're all going to be scrambling around trying to find some hooky thing because we're not all as lucky as you, Steve, with all the points that you've got being able to go at the game. And I bet you're looking forward to it. I am, mate. I am. Uh, okay, Mitch, your prediction? See, we don't have that restriction out here, so we'll have exactly. our game on next to Leeds game in, in Goodfellas. Story. Get, get the dice <laughs> out. Get the dice and out. It, and it isn't 
to see it. We've got nothing to play for. Look at the, the cash money difference, the prize money difference between, say, 14th and 11th, where we could finish. And knowing our owners, what an interesting incentive to the players to see we win, the, win, win that extra. There's some extra for you, look. And so I don't think we'll be playing without incentivization. And we'll be playing relaxed. There's nothing to fear. Going into the last game of the season, nothing to fear. And they've got everything to fear. I think like you, Steve, no one leads history with Brentford, recent history with Brentford. Um, I can't see them picking anything up there. Um, they've, they've gone into total self-destruct mode. And... Uh, so I, th- I think to them, our game ultimately, our result would really be irrelevant. But I do personally think, before I roll the dice, that my personal thoughts is we should be picking up three points. Okay. And the lucky dice says, oh, Bernie Nell, Newcastle 2. There we go. Uh, and it got it spot on last week with the Arsenal game. So we will wait and see. And uh, yes, there is another big game going on this weekend. This could have been in the uh, the lookalikes, actually. Uh, so, Ian, thank you for that. No surrender, <laughs> never see it die. Uh, that song's gone viral. Keep an eye out for this guy. And he does look a little bit like Father Teddy, and you are right. Uh, but yeah. best of luck uh, to the uh, Sunderland fans here. We've got a photograph of uh, leaving for Wembley. Um, and there they are, setting off for their annual holiday and their annual bath. Uh, good luck, good luck to them. Good luck to them this weekend. Uh, fantastic show uh, as always. Uh, and Julie, I certainly wouldn't forget. I've seen the little cat there. Now. I do have to laugh. Um, Keith sent me one, and I'm going to keep it for next week uh, because it got overtaken by madness on Twitter, and and the the trolls decided to dig out this old tweet from Newcastle United on the 11th of the 9th, 2012, where the club was under Ashley's control, and actually, yes, the club attacked me on Twitter. Um, so of course, all the trolls then jumped on it this week, uh, trying to make out that it was a recent tweet. So that caused me no end of vibrating in my pocket uh, this week. But just to remember, folks, that was 10 years ago when the club attacked us. Simon Bird actually did a full story on it on the Daily Mirror. Um, I'm not going to say who it was. But let's just say it was a certain chief executive who worked for the club at the time who had his fingers on the official Twitter account. But this week's troll keeps it basic. Thank you, uh, NUFC Eamon. Shut up, Steve, you baldy nonce. Thanks, mate. Take care. That's another one blocked. <laughs> okay, I'm back tomorrow morning at uh, half past ten with Mick Lowe's. Uh, what were you saying there, sorry? Possibly another see you in court one as well. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, anything with bold, mate, I'll just stick them on the uh, stick them on the pile. Ah, it's illegal. Exactly, it's legal. I'll have to get Keith involved. Uh, as always, Dis- lads. Disappointed, though, you missed out talking. He did, I. Yeah, that could yeah. be next week. <laughs> right, lads, take care. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the football and see you next week. Take care. All the best. Take Cheers, care. everyone. See you. Bye. Bye.